Well, Ron, thank you so much for taking your, your time for this. I, I really appreciate it. Maybe as we start, can you talk a little bit about your, your role and your background? Uh, yeah, thank you for having me here. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Ron Sharon. I'm uh, the VP of Information Security in a company called Mercer Advisors. We are a registered investment advisor, which means uh, we, we advise people on what to do with investments. We also give them uh, um, tax services, wealth managed services, and, and trust services. Um, I started my path in uh, cybersecurity and IT about 18, 18 years ago. Um, and I shifted uh, somewhere about 10 and 10, 11 years ago to cybersecurity. Now, my path was very uh, unique to me. I, I saw a need. I was doing, uh, I was an IT manager at the time. I went to my boss and I said, well, there's a whole thing about security. We're not taking care of it. And my boss looked at me and just said, well, do it. Um, so I started doing it. Um, and then that's how I, I pivoted from doing just normal IT technology stuff to more um, hands-on um, cybersecurity. I understand. I understand. Awesome. So essentially you transitioned from IT to cybersecurity. And I think a lot of younger professionals are pondering um, their career and maybe even students in, in colleges. And with, from your vantage point with the experience that you have, what kind of advice would you have for someone who's just maybe starting or uh, looking to transition uh, or maybe uh, still in college? What do you think they should spend their time on? The, the best advice I could give right now to somebody that's thinking about uh, getting into cybersecurity or information security is to start networking um, as much as they can. Um, there's a lot of activity on LinkedIn right now. A lot of, there's a big InfoSec, uh, CyberSec community on there. Um, and um, it's important to know what you're getting yourself into. So always network, network with, pe with, with people uh, that, that posts a lot of uh, opinions on, on cybersecurity and information security, um, um, comment and participate in discussions. Um, and also decide your path, cybersecurity and information security. Uh, it's a big role. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, you can be red teaming, blue teaming, uh, purple teaming. You can do uh, uh, government risk compliance. Um, you can do a lot of things. But so when you get started, network, ask a lot of questions uh, um, and decide what path uh, you would like to take um, and then go go get it. Awesome. It's It seems like in the same vein, we. A lot of people recommend finding a mentor, finding someone who uh, a little bit more senior with a, a little more background. I think a lot of what people find is helpful as well. Yeah, uh, it's, that's that's great advice uh, right there. And again, switching gears a little bit, there are certain themes that everyone seems to be focusing on: ransomware, phishing attacks, cloud security. So that's what seems to be top of mind for a lot of people right now. But imagine you have a crystal ball and you can see twelve months in, uh, into the future. What do you think people will be? What are the top three things that will people wor worry about twelve months from now? Well, uh, ransomware is, is on the top of everyone's mind. Um, um, it's the first thing that everybody think about when you say cybersecurity. But there's a lot of other risks out there as well. It's it's not just ransomware. Um, I think in the next twelve months, um, especially with things going on in the world uh, uh, today. Um, it would be important to concentrate on just putting good basic defenses for, for your company or for even your personal self. Um, the basics is, is the important uh, part because a lot of these uh, attacks um, uh, vectors are relying upon if you don't, if you, your password is, is, is not complicated enough, if you don't have multi-factor authentication, um, if your application is not secure enough. So these are all the basic stuff. 
that you need to take care of. So I think in the next 12 months, there's going to be a big push of just doing the basic, uh, just going to the basics and making sure that those basics are okay. Because we don't need the, the million dollars uh, uh, security software or the million dollar security um, application to protect us. Uh, we need the basics most of the time. Um, so I would say that there's going to be a big push to just go back to those basics and make sure that those basics are where they need to be. Well, actually, it makes a lot of sense because um, if it's people usually take the path of least uh, resistance and they'll look, they'll go for low hanging fruit. So, if if don't be an easy target, essentially, what you're saying, don't cover your um, the obvious things. I cover the obvious things because state actors; those are the big the big guns. You know, there's a, a lot of groups out there that are sponsored by different states. Uh, out there, those are the big guns. Most likely, you won't get hit by them unless you're like a, a government entity or a big financial institution. That's where you need those big platforms. But mm -hmm. for most of the people, medium-sized companies also, uh, um, the basics are what's the important part. Because today, you know, they, they're selling those uh, those kits, um, hacking kits. Uh, you can buy them everywhere. Um, and those kits, they just they just use the basic uh, um, uh, uh, vulnerabilities that are in certain machines that have not been patched. Um, so if, if you do that, if you do the, the, the minimum required to protect yourself, then you'll be fine. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, find, uh, what is it? Minimum effective dose, what, what, where you can apply 20% of effort and get 80% of the outcome. And yeah. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, certainly. Well, um, as you know, Afinia is a, a community of cybersecurity executives, and it's meant to do a lot of things, uh, provide a platform for sharing insights and, and connect. And a lot of programs are still evolving. And obviously with COVID, some of those were put in hold as far as kind of face-to-face -face interaction is concerned. But from, from your experience thus far, uh, what do you think could be some of the venues for us to provide better value for members? And in the same, on the flip side of it, other is there anything that we're currently doing we should stop doing so what what, what is that we should focus more on or de-emphasize maybe or what are some of the new programs you think would make a lot of sense um well the things you're doing right now are great like more, all the things that you're doing right now are amazing um i would want to see more or just add um so maybe roundtables with the senior people in, in the groups in, in the group which is all senior so maybe roundtables uh, just asking and facilitating a discussion of problems they see um, and how they solve them. Um, that would be something that, that and of course, it, it, I, I think it needs to be close to anyone else except people in the round table, you know, so they won't be disclosing anything that they shouldn't be disclosing. But yeah, some sort of a round table um, leader sitting down and just talking about fireside chat kind of thing. Uh, their problems, how they solve them, um, things they see in the pipeline of problems and how they plan to solve them in the future. So we can um, all get together and just talk about um, the challenges we face. Mm -hmm. And do you think, are you thinking more along the industry lines, uh, almost a round table for cybersecurity executives and financial services industry, for example, they'll be virtual or it's, are you thinking more face-to-face -face, uh, for People here uh, virtual for now until we can, you know, get out of the virtual world. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same verticals too, because sometimes, you know, if somebody's the medical field, they, they might have a great idea in the medical field that, fin that the finance vertical hasn't thought about yet. So it's important to intermix 
um, everyone, because once you go into the finance world, it's just a finance world column of this is how we think. Uh, we need to disseminate more information and we need to get some more information from other industries as well, medical, uh, manufacturer, um, maybe they have some good ideas that we can we can uh, uh, tinker a little bit and make it financial services. Mm -hmm. I understand. And do you think it would make uh, kind of free flowing or do you think it would make sense to have, um, I don't know, whether it's, let's say, a ransomware or, fi or, or phishing and have like a main topic and then around that discussion of, of additional um, uh, things? Um, it's, it's important to always stream the conversation to the right uh, to the right. Uh, um, place. So I, I think it's important to have like a subject and it's just uh, we're sitting down and talking about things. Um, it's important to have some sort of a, a goal or a subject that the conversation needs to revolve around. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It just, it's, it's, I'm actually very curious, obviously, because uh, I want to make sure that whatever we do is valuable because I, I think time is everyone's most important resource. So whatever we do, want to make sure that members find value and don't think it's a it's a waste of time because I think connecting, interacting, networking, it's obviously hugely important, but in the same vein, if they dedicate half an hour or an hour to a conversation, they met some people, but wanna make sure that uh, on their investment of time, they get enough insights, enough connections that would make it meaningful. That's why actually, I think it's, it's, it's fairly nuanced. Um, and yeah, I, I agree because a lot of these conversation can get sometimes off the rails, they can get a little long yeah, um, and get, to different subjects that you don't really want to discuss because uh, they're not to the point. Um, so it needs to be a structured kind of way, I think. Maybe uh, uh, people need to be to prepare ahead of time, mm -hmm. some sort of a topics they would like to, to discuss and bring to the group. It's, it's more of like, this is a think tank, so more like a think tank, fireside chat. Everybody brings in some issues they're seeing in a certain area. Um, and then we discuss those issues, those specific issues, and maybe the group can come up with ideas how to solve these issues, um, just a more structured way to prevent the waste of time that sometimes uh, these kind of conversation have. Certainly. And do you think it would make sense? And again, it would just, uh, we're considering different things. Do you think it would make sense to bring um, a CISO as a speaker, someone, you know, maybe a, at a larger organization or with a lot of experience, something that has I kind of uh, was wearing different hats and has a lot to say and, and kind of is uh, a thought leader of sorts. And do you think it would make sense to bring someone for a short portion of the meeting and then there will be Q&A and then discussion around that? Or um, you, think, you think it's, it's like a round I think table? A, I think there needs to be a facilitator, but I uh, the uh, these um, kind of conversation, not conversation, uh, these kind of lectures, the five, 10, 15 minutes of someone talking, um, I don't find them very helpful personally. Because there is no osmosis of information. It's you get somebody tries is trying to deliver you information, and then you have like four minutes or five minutes of questions, and you don't get to a real discussion of okay, how do we actually do it? How do we actually solve this problem? It's more of like this is how I solved the problem. It was great. Everybody were happy. Done. So it's more um, like I'm, I'm looking for like yeah. more of a uh, so the, there could be a facilitator that can explain start out with hey, this is a problem I saw. This is how I solved it. Ron, what was your problem? Uh, what are your problems and how do you solve them? And then facilitate some sort of a, dis a discussion that will help the group understand how to solve challenges mm -hmm. or something difficult. It makes a lot of sense. And last question on this. So one of the things that come up uh, always is that members would say, 
I wish I could ask a question and get an answer in real time. And we've been pondering about how to structure this in a way that we don't, I guess, quote unquote, spam the entire, everyone blessed to, to, to uh, question to everyone. I mean, we have um, almost 1500 members right now. It will be a, a lot of noise in the channel, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of value. Well, I'm stuck. I need a quick answer. Is it A or B? Is it that vent, this vendor or that vendor? Um, and we're just trying to figure out what will be the best channel and the best format for something like this so that it provides value, but doesn't become too noisy. Uh, and uh, we're considering a Slack channel, a dedicated Slack channel, or maybe an email group, um, maybe kind of a web-based uh, core-like um, solution. Uh, I don't mean to spring on you if, if, uh, if you provide feedback maybe after, but uh, that'd be great. But do you have any, any thoughts on this? What would be the best uh, option in terms of format and structure or something like a, a Quora-like Q&A where you have an ambient network, you can send a question and get answer hopefully in real time? A Slack channel is a great idea. It, you could, uh, we could also use Discord if you wanted to. It's a little bit easy, e not easier, it's a little bit more flexible than um, um, Slack, Discord, uh, but both of them work fine. I have like two groups that I'm already a member on that they kind of do the same thing on Slack. Which ones, by the way? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a something that uh, is personal to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand, okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for it's excellent feedback. I, I really it's super helpful. Um, and speaking of vendors and kind of different solutions, I know it's a bit of a moving target, but um, as cybersecurity space is fast moving, new threat vectors appear, new challenges, different issues. Where do you usually go if someone is emerging? Where would you usually go to learn about something that's new and up and coming? Is it Kind of social media, online resources, uh, uh, research, events um, like RSA or Black Hat. Like, what's what's your go-to? So I have a couple of uh, places I look at. I'm a, I have a channel on my uh, Telegram um, that sends out uh, um, alerts uh, every time something new comes up. Um, it also aggregates a lot of uh, uh, smaller news outlets that because uh, smaller news outlets tend to uh, come out of that news first, only like it takes about 24 hours or even 48 hours sometimes for CNN to catch something. So, you know, the log4j thing, I knew about it. And then two days later, CNN put it on their website and I'm like, yeah, this is old news because it's already been in the community, already knows about it. Um, so that's what I use usually. I have a Flipboard app uh, that, have a, that has uh, technology and cybersecurity articles aggregated. Uh, so I get, I get, I get these kind of notifications every time something new pops up um, almost immediately. I see. And if it's, well, you use those kind of sources to educate yourself and to get up to speed on certain issues. And then how do you go from there to identifying a set of vendors who potentially could address, let's say, I don't know, whether it's identity and access or, or phishing or anything of that sort you realize um, uh, we usually I just utilize the vendors we already have because I can't get, just go out and buy uh, new platforms and vendors. It needs to go through authorization process and budget budgetary process because most of the times these platforms are not cheap. Um, so I usually check with our internal resources, our internal, our internal vendors to see what they have to uh, say about uh, uh, whatever's up and coming. 
I see. I understand. And um, kind of the topic of vendors usually it uh, provokes a very emotional response. And uh, some some of the members that I talk to, they they like, oh, I, I get hundreds of emails. Oh, I never pick up the phone. So kind of in, in that vein, I'm sure you get uh, approached probably multiple times a day. But looking back, if there was one vendor that surprised you on the on the positive side. What is it that they did that impressed you? And on the flip side, what is one thing you hate that ven- uh, hate the most that vendors usually do? Um, let's start with hate the most. I hate the most that if you don't respond to a vendor, sometimes they follow up three or four or five even times and they have these kind of uh, emails. So I guess right now it's not a good time for you. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, you know what? Yeah, I haven't responded, which means it's not a very good time for me because I can't respond. I'm sorry, I don't have time for you right now on the hundreds and uh, uh, sometimes thousands of emails I get a month from vendors. Um, it's just, I have a day job. I can't actually do it. Um, so it annoys me that they keep on sending those emails once every couple of days. Um, and I wish they would stop. Because once, one time you reached out, I didn't respond. Just try again in a year. Um, don't try again in a week and then after a week and then after a week. Um, um, it's just not good for my, in my opinion. Um, things that I, I actually liked was that people that take time to know you, um, you know, they looked on a LinkedIn page, they looked at your posts, they looked at your history um, and they said, hey, Ron, I noticed that ABC, um, can we have uh, 15 minutes uh, in, uh, of your time and I'll send you a $5 coffee uh, thing, which is nice. You know, it's like, you, you know who I am. You checked out about me, you read and you acknowledge the fact that, you know what, I'm giving you a couple of minutes of, uh, of my time. Um, the least you can do is, you know, buy me coffee or send me something. <laughs> it's not that I encourage it. It's just like, it's a, it's a nice thought. It's like taking that extra step. Um, and that's what, you know, just take that extra step of get to know who I am, what I need, what I might need, and not just like a general email of, hey, um, I saw that you're XYZ, um, we have this uh, new platform for you that uh, deals with uh, ransomware, uh, digital transformation, and put like a bunch of marketing words right after that. Totally, totally. Makes a lot of sense. Well, it, obviously, if you would rather talk to a human and know that you, you, you are corresponding with a human rather than someone pushing a button and sending generic uh, 10,000 generic emails for sure for sure awesome well Ron I know we're coming up on time I really appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes to share your insights I'm certainly super excited to have you part of Athena and uh, I, I'm, I'm taking notes on everything you suggested and uh, would love to continue to get your feedback on what we do and how it can make it better and more valuable for Athena members Awesome. Thank you.